Welcome to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. And uh, I want to wish everybody who was in Winnipeg this past week and celebrating Pride. Congratulations, or happy Pride, rather, to the folks over in uh, Winnipeg and throughout Manitoba, because, of course, uh, folks tend to celebrate these things roughly around the same time. They are one of the latest Prides, as in Prides that take place the at the latest point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's exciting stuff. Uh, we have a pretty good roster of news this week, Sebastian. Yeah, there's a lot uh, going First on. of all, how are you? I am tired and cranky. And let me tell you why. I am I am cat-sitting. I am, I am cat-sitting uh, this one here. And uh, she is deeply crepuscular. And... She is very demanding of attention. If I let her in the room and I sleep, she demands my attention by scratching my face while I sleep. So you lock her out of the room and then she just spends six hours crying because <laughs> she has serious FOMO. So I just I haven't had a, a full night's sleep since I've started cat sitting. And this this little monster here is just driving me nuts. So that's yep. It's funny you say that. I mean, it's not funny. It, that that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> I actually, I went camping this past weekend mm. and um, the airbed I was on uh, deflated. So for three nights in a row, I was sleeping literally on the floor. This happens every time. I, I know. know. We need we need new airbeds. But yeah, <laughs> no, it was uh, evidently. So I also have not slept well in three days, but we will persevere. We will yes. make it work. Yes. I tried to have a nap earlier, but then it hailed. Did you notice hail. that? I did not notice the hail. No, there was hail in in Ottawa, and somebody went on Reddit, and actually somebody went on multiple platforms. Uh, it was hail up to three centimeters uh, in the Ottawa region. Wow! And it came and went in like a five minute period. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, it's probably just the tail end of what was it Hurricane Ida? Ida? Yeah. Yeah. It was probably just that sweeping through. So. Eh. Whatever. It came, it went, you know, when you're inland, it's less of an issue. Um, it is an issue if you're on the coast. And there's been a lot happening in Newfoundland uh, over the past week. So that was a good segue. That was right? a good segue. <laughs> uh, that takes us to our first story where we'll be talking about the Grace Pentecostal Church. Mm-hmm. In um, Bonavista, which I think you said was just outside of... Uh, St. John's, Newfoundland? I do believe so. Do you want to tell us more about it? So, um, all right. So in, in, in uh, uh, compliance with um, uh, COVID restrictions, the church decided that they were going to have an, an outside open air uh, church service this week. And it was also, um, you know, moderately good weather. But they decided to step it up a notch by having their service over loudspeakers so that the entire community could hear it. And in this week's sermon, they included information about how uh, Canada is a country of sin and we're letting um, men marry each other and women marry each other, uh, that, that we are letting things go to hell, that uh, literally go to hell. It is a, a Pentecostal church, pretty conservative. Uh, and all the women are murdering their unborn babies and etc. It was basically a slideshow of... Um, sort of, you know, Western fundamentalist orthodoxy 
uh, over the loudspeakers. And uh, the community wasn't so happy with this. If you're going to be having these opinions behind closed doors, that's concerning. But if you're going to do it over the loudspeakers, it's now everybody's problem. Hmm. So, so far, uh, the, the news is pretty fresh still. But at this point in time, at time of recording, the, the main story is that the mayor uh, is going to be looking into it. The mayor who himself is openly bi. Mayor John Norman. He he looks he looks like a daddy bear. He's he kind of looks like a guy I used to date, except like twenty looks, years on. He looks pretty handsome. Yeah. If uh, you're if you're also a gay man or a bi, bi, bi man, um, <laughs> and in uh, in Newfoundland, go go check out uh, Bonavista because check out the mayor Bonavista. Yeah, he's a his, hunky mayor. Yeah. The official word is uh, the city is not going to stand for this. This is not represent the community. The community is not happy with it. Uh, your usual. You know, we unequivocally uh, refute everything that happened, and they're going to be looking into how to prevent this from happening again. Again, uh, do you know actually what's probably going to happen? This is not in the story, and it just occurred to me just now. They may slap them with, did you have a permit? Well, there's a quote in that he gave to the CBC, and uh, he says, it's troubling personally for me, mm. but as mayor, as a municipal leader, Really, we could only simply consider the noise complaint because that would affect our municipal bylaw. Anything outside that purview is something altogether different and something that falls at a higher level than the municipal government. So I think he's right. Hate crimes are provincial in nature. Mm -hmm. So the Newfoundland uh, RCMP constabulary uh, will be the ones that will be responsible for for dealing with it. And they they responded pretty quickly. We have another story that actually involves the... Uh, the constabulary in Newfoundland uh, right after this. But uh, yeah, it, it's just really weird. We now can say from coast to coast, and if we, we, can, if we can get a story from Akaluit or Nunavut, then we could say coast to coast to coast that uh, homophobes do not follow uh, noise regulation and they never file a permit. It, it seems to be a, a reoccurring story for us. Um, we're making light of it because it's the healthiest thing to do sometimes is to laugh in the face of buffoonery. Uh, but yeah, no, this, this does seem to be a recurring story of we didn't know what to do. So we slapped them with a uh, noise code violation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next story, this time out of uh, St. John's proper, uh, there is a local representative by the name of Ophelia Ravencroft, who's running for office. She's not in yet. She's an openly trans woman and it's for ward two. And uh, she's been getting death threats from community members uh, on account of being trans. And her campaign manager, with the top level of class, basically has officially said, um, basically the summary is if you don't like the campaign, if you don't like the platform, if you don't like the politics, if you don't think Ophelia understands the community well, then don't vote for her. That's your business. But Hmm. this whole business of being openly transphobic is just stupid. Um, So, yeah, it's the the constabulatory has been um, notified and the RCMP in Newfoundland are are definitely looking into it. They've taken it very seriously and they're they're investigating it. I don't think names have been named yet. Hmm. But yeah, uh, various um, 
other organizations. There's a, a group called Equal Voice Newfoundland, which is trying to get more women uh, and trans women into the, the political sphere and trying to get more voices on the table. They basically like come out against this and saying that they're going to try to see what they can do to support this. But um, yeah, and, and one of their official quotes is, how miserable must you be to have to take that time and effort to be so vile towards someone? Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So the there is an interesting story. We kind of predicted last week that one of the thorny issues for this liberal government's attempt at a, a re-election mm-hmm. um, is going to be the fact that they have just completely failed at their mission of removing the blood ban um, on men that have sex with men from donating blood. It's mm-hmm. worth noting that we talked about all the countries, Israel, the US, uh, the UK, a bunch of other places mm-hmm. that opened up their blood bans. In the last couple of weeks, um, in the Netherlands, the blood bank, Sanquin, um, has also changed its donor policy. Hmm. Uh, so now if you've only had one partner over the past 12 months, you can donate blood because what they're doing, and this is shocking, I don't know if anyone is listening from uh, Humor Quebec or Canadian Blood Services, but what, and this is, are you sitting down? Because this is this is revolutionary stuff. I mean, the camera's on. You can see me sitting. What the Netherlands has decided is that they are going to assess risk based on what the person has done. Mm. I know, I know. I know you heard it here first <laughs> risk based on per, like individual activity, as opposed to a broad paintbrush on, uh, on your sexuality. Well, I, I believe the official word out of Israel is they just assume people are lying to them because people lie and they're going to test the blood regardless. So, I mean, or even if you're not lying, sometimes they find out before you do. Because maybe you got infected and don't know yet, and you didn't lie, but you just, you know, just that it's it's a more common variety because HIV mutates pretty quickly. But now what's happening is people are getting infected and they're not showing symptoms and they're not even showing a positive on blood tests until like a year or two later. Like it, it's it's the 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 virus has mutated quite a bit, so they're like, yeah, no, we're just going to test it, and maybe we know something you don't know. So it's, yeah, no, it's. Mm. I didn't want to say, I think I can't remember if it was Pfizer or Moderna. I think it was Moderna that was testing a um, mRNA for HIV. Yeah. And uh, they their recent test that had everyone very excited um, somewhat failed. Okay. Um, and everyone is like, well, yeah, HIV is difficult. Like, that's why we're still... 50 years on still trying to figure it out you know yeah yeah. um yeah i mean don't get me wrong covid has really lightning speed uh improved mrna vaccine research Mm -hmm. and and mechanics and i do believe that we will see a leap forward for hiv uh antiretrovirals well um corona type viruses have been resisting vaccines for as long as there have been vaccines. So like the common cold is a coronatype virus and we've been having a horrible time. HIV I don't think is a coronatype virus, but it does have spike proteins on it, which is something that HIV shares with coronatype viruses. And a lot of the vaccines that we have have been targeting uh, spike proteins. So that's why they were hopeful that all this research into corona would be very helpful for HIV research. 
And it has left the field forward. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come up with a working vaccine overnight, but they did open up a deadlock where uh, they, they were completely log jammed on what to do next in terms of HIV research. And Corona did open up this idea of targeting uh, the spike proteins themselves. So there, I have read things saying that getting a vaccine in under a year is unlikely, but having a vaccine in longer than five years is also unlikely, that things are moving quickly mm-hmm. with HIV vaccine research, which is very exciting. Um, but, you know, predicting the future of HIV has turned out to be about as effective as predicting the weather. Uh, there's been a long, rich history of people saying they found a cure. So... So the, the reason why I bring up the Canadian Blood Services ban is because uh, the leader of the Green Party, Anna Paul, mm-hmm. um, who is now for the second time trying to win her own seat, mm-hmm. um, doesn't inspire a huge amount of confidence in the Greens winning any other seat when the leader is, is having a bit of difficulty winning their own seat. Yep. Uh, but that aside, um, Anna Paul and the NDP and the Conservative representative, uh, the NDP and the Conservative representative, for the uh, for this particular riding, Toronto um, Central, Toronto Centre. I think you're right. Yeah, um, are both uh, in the LGBT community. Uh, yep. Anna Paul and um, the Liberal candidate uh, Marcy Yen uh, are not in the community. But yeah. anyway, they called out Marcy, who is the new MP. She's just been there for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they called her out for the Liberal Party still having not removed the blood ban. Yep, I, I read it, and her response was something like, yeah, I don't know, they're, they're crazy. You're right. You're absolutely right. The liberals are wrong. That's stupid. So- yeah. It was interesting because she said, she, like you said, she said, I agree with you. Yeah. This should have been done. Yeah. Um, but then she pivots and she says, yeah, like the first thing we're going to do is ban conversion therapy, which we all know over half the Conservative Party voted against doing. Mm. So I like how she threw that uh, at the Conservatives. But it was, um, yeah, I mean, it got to the point now where this blood ban is indefensible by the Liberal Party. So at this point, they're owning it, I think. Well, the the glory of being a junior, because this is her first post. I don't think she's held office. No, no, this is her first federal level office i think she held a municipal office before this um so she is junior enough that she can get away with saying like hey this is from before my time i'm new to this like i'm i showed up just in time to agree with you and i haven't been around long enough to fight from the inside and there has been fighting from the inside on this issue actually the liberals in general have been fighting on the inside the uh provincial liberals here in ontario are very divided against themselves. It's very peculiar. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's let's not forget the Liberals have spent bucket loads of money, understood, on um, on various LGBT funding initiatives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the Conservatives, when they were in power for two or three terms, I think it was two terms under Stephen Harper, they didn't order the blood ban reversal. Um, the Liberals are claiming that they have commissioned a bunch of studies from Canadian Blood Services and Canadian Blood Services now miraculously two weeks into the election have suddenly decided maybe they should end the blood ban. Um, so, you know, maybe too little too late because Cynically. it was, I don't know, <laughs> 2015, this was an election promise. Yeah, yeah I know. But 2021, 
and uh, we're still waiting. My my cynical response is that this is kind of an easy win, and what they may have done is put in the original platform and deliberately left it to the eleventh hour, so that two weeks before the election, they could ram it through government and say, "Hey, look what we did." Uh, because it would be fresh in your memory. So when you go to the polls, you'd be like, oh, those liberals, they're pro-LGBT. They, this is a common strategy for a lot of parties to not do their promises until right at the end for re-election purposes. So I think this may have been one of those things because it's I mean, pretty... I get that. And the last thing I'll say in this is I, I get the sense that the conservative strategy for recruiting LGBT people is amnesia. They're just really <laughs> hoping for amnesia. Yes, we will end the blood ban that we did nothing about the entire time that we were in power. We will get Health Canada to look at, you know, bringing paupers out of the grey zone that we put into the grey zone mm. the last time we were in power. And I don't know, there's, there's a lot of like, yes, we will improve this thing that if you look carefully, we may well have been responsible for it to begin with. Um, I will say this about Peter O'Toole. I do not like him as a politician, but I do like that he's frankly just come out and said, apologies to everyone. My party is crazy. I'm trying to fix that. Whether or not that happens is a different issue. But I, I when I saw that, I kind of thought it was hilarious. So well, we'll see how that pans out. We're going to jump to our first track. This is I Will Stand by Tanya Joy's Band. That is I Will Stand by Tanya Joy's Band. And we'll be back just after this. You criticize me because I have a different voice. I choose to live free and you disagree with that choice I will stand in the light You're under my skin but I don't have to let you in I won't put up a fight but that don't mean I let you win Sown, but I'll stand on my own 
ride I'll take a deep breath and I'll take the next step in my life And welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I'm Sebastian. Now, we, we're not going to do a spoiler um, for the All-Stars finale of RuPaul's Drag. I'm having trouble. Like, my chair has wheels. And I am miles away from the mic. Hang on. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so for our listeners, are hearing me going all over the place. It's because my chair was sliding away from the desk. It was... Yeah. Uh, don't edit this out. Leave this in. Whole want, moment there. I want I want the listeners to hear how the sausage is made. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to leave it in. But uh, yes, as I was saying, um, there the um, season uh, whatever it was of Rupe, RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars. I think six. it was six. Yeah, yeah. Um, the finale happened last week, maybe a week ago. If this show is coming out a little late. Mm. Either way, we're not going to reveal who the winner was. Um, a lot of places are reporting that the winner was historic. Um, and uh, But what I do want to mention is a really interesting story that's coming out around the same time from a former Canadian RuPaul's Drag Race contestant. Okay. So Alona Verley was, uh, is not a... Um, so just very quickly, very often to compete in RuPaul's Drag Race, insert country name here, it takes a lot of money. Very often they're wearing custom gowns, they're yeah. wearing uh, vast amounts of makeup, the costuming is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and drag queens, you know, it starts off as a hobby and a bit of a side hustle. You know, if you make 50 quid, you're like... That's amazing. Yeah. But uh, 50 quid does not a wig buy. So, you know, it, it is extremely expensive to, to you be can get a, a wig queen. for 50, but it's not a good wig. It's not a good wig. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I bring this up to say that it is incredibly prohibitive to have the materials needed mm-hmm. to compete at that level. Mm-hmm. And um, Alona Verley was accused by some people on social media during the Canadian run of mm-hmm. being unpolished, uh, unfinished, um, a little uh, slapdash. But I think a lot of that relates to the sheer expense of, of competing in these contests. Anyway, so Alona Verley has come out and um, blasted a bunch of uh, uh, folks on their Twitter at the start of this week. Um, I'll read a couple of tweets here very quickly. I sacrificed everything for a TV show I thought was going to change my life. I invested into a franchise I thought was going to foster my talent and include me in their, quote, family. Mm -hmm. However, with the timing of my season, I got very little opportunity and ended up a discarded asset. I received none of the things promised to me when I was giving up my life for the franchise and had to deal with being limited in being able to provide for myself as my industry as a nightlife entertainer was shut down due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I had to represent the morals of the brand. 
Now, there are, we won't go into it, but if you want to look at the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race contract, okay, um, it is unbelievably restrictive. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Bussy Queen uh, did a deep dive into the contract, and then there's a couple of lawyer reacts to the RuPaul's Drag Race contract as well. Uh, but essentially, Alona Verley wanted to join OnlyFans and make enough money to be able to sustain herself. Um, whilst pandemic made uh, public performances not possible. Mm-hmm. That is not on brand for a RuPaul's Drag Race queen, hmm. though uh, was really? uh, contractually denied the opportunity to do that. And this is where it gets interesting. And uh, yeah, so then Alona Verley went on to tweet, oh yeah, they also instructed me not to discuss my trans identity on the show and even after they instructed me not to discuss the trans agenda because they were saving that storyline for the American franchise. Now, I'm going to leave that there because uh, we don't want to have any spoilers for those who haven't seen the season six uh, RuPaul's All-Stars. Two things. First of all, when are we going to get a John Waters drag race? Because John Waters would be like, if you're going to be vile and offensive and filthy, fantastic. That's on brand. And secondly, um, being unpolished is part of the Canadian brand of drag queen. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I've said it many times, but Mado in Montreal is actually one of my favorite Canadian queens. And I've seen her twice. And I've seen because I, I haven't had many opportunities to get to the Montreal nightlife in the past few years. But I've also seen recordings, and every single time, she always looks like she just got home from the walk of shame. She looks like she's been up all night, she's hungover, and somebody forced her on stage. She looks disheveled, and like she's just sobering up, and that's part of the act. And there's a Mm. lot of acts in Canada that are like that, where where being sort of like uh, uh, messy or being in recovery from something or uh, being a, a sort of a, a a frantic mess, like that's part of the act because drag in Canada is just as much about, it, it's it's almost like stand-up comedy plus lip-syncing. And yeah. the Messy Queen is kind of one of the, the, the standard acts. It's sort of like the, the Canadian equivalent of like, what's the deal with airplane food these days? It's like, it's pretty common, you know, the, the observational humor of Canadian drag is the messy queen. So, I mean, I don't know. There, there's a way, there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. Like you can pull it off wrong or you can try to go classy and end up being messy. But like, uh, it's not the Detroit ball scene. It's not the New York ball scene. Like Canadian drag is slightly different. And and if she's getting pilloried for not failing to be someone else, like that's dumb. That's, that's all I could say about yeah. that. I mean, I think you're right. And the UK, you know, Lily Savage, which remains one of my favorite drag queens of all time, mm-hmm. um, always reminded me of, you know, a hardworking mum, working class mum in the 80s, you know, four quids, kids off mm-hmm. causing trouble somewhere, you know, cigarette in one hand, yeah. you know, cheap wine in the other, just as run out of um, the ability to give a wit's end, as it were. And, you know, and then just telling you about their day. That yeah. is a perfect drag queen. <laughs> if you imagine Mrs. Doubtfire drunk and complaining about her daughter-in-law, yeah. that would be a UK drag act. That would be a UK drag act, <laughs> absolutely. And I think we saw this kind of drag come out a bit in Joe Black, 
um, who is 30 from Brighton and came out, uh, was the fifth to go in uh, RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very similar style of drag to this much older British and Canadian model. Anyway, um, I think the allegations of Alona Verla being told not to discuss the trans identity um, so it doesn't interfere with the American franchise. Um, and the storylines that we pre- saw presented in season six mm. certainly raises some eyebrows. Now, let's move on from RuPaul's Drag Race because we're not all about that. No. Um, I want to talk to you about Hamilton. Okay. Hamilton, Ontario. This is a uh, top, uh, top topic for us. I still think it's just because CHCH exists and the Hamilton Spectator exists because they still have local media. There's a lot more reporting. I am sure that somewhere out there, there's another Canadian city with just as much happening. That's just as just as interesting. It's just Hamilton has better local reporting than almost any city in Canada. So, like, if you're ever wondering why do we talk about Hamilton so much, it's because they have a very healthy local media. But anyway, so so what what's what's out of Hamilton this week? Well, there was uh, in the area of Watertown in Hamilton, what sorry, Waterdown, not Watertown, which is a small town in the US, just the other side of the border. Um, (laughs) But in Waterdown, uh, Hamilton, a young 15 year old boy was seen walking up to the driveway of a home, not Mm -hmm. his own home, but somebody else's home at about 1030 at night on August the 16th. Um, there was a pride flag flying flying over the garage of this not his house, mm-hmm. this other person's house. He then removed the flag, stomped on it, threw it on the ground, um, and then walked away with it. Now, we've seen a string of um flag-based crime. Mm. Um, honestly, who has the gumption to stroll up to someone's house and take away their decor like Mm -hmm. you know that's just bizarre to begin with stay off your own stay off my lawn you know like that's my opinion of it um anyway but that aside uh these 15 year old was arrested with um theft under five thousand dollars um it was being investigated as a hate crime but the hamilton police found the 15 year old boy and arrested and charged him with theft under five thousand now The reason why this is so noteworthy Mm -hmm. is because tons of these flags have been stolen and defaced across Ontario, and we see it also in BC. Um, And I think this is one of the first times we've seen anyone arrested for it. Um, They must have had a ring camera or a garage camera to really spot them. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think this also pays part in a larger conversation about Hamilton mm-hmm. and the really strained relationship between the LGBT community there and the police. Do you want to go into yeah. a bit about that? The, the history of it or the, the recent events? Just the context. Oh, the context. Uh, Hamilton police have had an on-again, off-again relationship with the community for a couple decades now, actually. They, they did have a uh, Hamilton uh, sort of GLBT liaison committee version. Like it was, you know, the the... Uh, liaison committee between the police and the community. It shut down a few years ago. There was a whole incident with Pride where the security, somebody dropped the ball into security. And as a result of this, they kind of did an internal investigation. They found out that it was a whole, uh, it was like that that meme where there's three people dressed up as Spider-Man and they're all pointing at each other. 
uh, that's basically what happened where nobody knew whose responsibility it was to take on the community portfolio after the person who had been working on it for, I think, something like 12 years retired. So the whole portfolio has fallen apart. And as a result, community police relations have fallen apart because there's nobody monitoring all these things and trying to see if there's bigger patterns, if there's any kind of risk issues. Um, and uh, it all came to a head with the the literal riot at Pride. What was it, three years ago now? Two years yeah, ago? Yeah, 2019. Protesters were at the park in 2019. And um, yeah, it all kind of came to a head. And that's when they discovered that, that that's what had happened. When I lived in Hamilton, uh, I remember it was about 14 years ago now, there was an incident where the police actually uh, spearheaded something, where they noticed something. Uh, where community members were saying, like, here are problems in the community, and the police were like, oh, okay, we'll get on that, we'll fix it. And they they did, but that's because they actually had somebody there who was working on it, and it kind of fell apart since then? Well, in Hamilton's defense, they had a third-party law firm review it. We talked mm -hmm. about that before. There was a bajillion recommendations, and one of them was to hire a liaison and yes. the hiring is now Detective Constable Rebecca Moran has mm -hmm. been hired by the Hamilton Police Service as their liaison to the LGBT community. And they have released the Two-Spirit plus LGBTQIA plus Communities Engagement Survey for Hamilton Police Services, mm -hmm. which is a very snappy title. And uh, it is essentially a six-page survey um, asking uh, LGBT folks in Hamilton, um, you know, a series of questions. I haven't done it because I'm not a Hamilton resident, mm -hmm. so I don't want to skew the results. But uh, they're hoping to actually have the real input of LGBT folks in Hamilton so that they can improve their relationship. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I think this is a good step forward. Just one very quick question. Does it say Hamilton or does it say Hamilton Wentworth? Because Hamilton is a super city. Well, it's and... for the Hamilton Police Service. Okay. It's probably, okay. So Hamilton is a super city. So if you're in like Stony Creek or Ancaster or Waterdown or Dundas, you're probably included because the police covers those communities as well. So check to see who your local police are. And if your local police are the Hamilton police, then you count. Sort of like Ottawa is a super city as well, sort of. Oh my God, Ottawa is massive. <laughs> Did I tell you I went to the Diefenbunker, the, the nuclear bunker, and we were driving for what felt like four days and three nights. And then mm. we get there and there's an Ottawa public library like next door. And I'm like, yeah. how is this still here? How is the, how is the library service out like a, a yeah. four hours away from the capital? Carlton Place is halfway between downtown and the edge of town. And it takes two hours to get to Carlton Place. It is, traffic, it is but... madness. Yeah. Ottawa is very like stretched out. Um, I just wanted to mention that we are keeping an eye on another flag-based story. Mm. Thunder Bay police are investigating multiple incidents of flag vandalism in Thunder Bay. Mm. If you know anything, please contact the Thunder Bay Police Service or Crime Stoppers for our Thunder Bay listeners on CILU-FM. Now, uh, that being said, I think that is about it for our Canadian stories. Do you have any other Canadian stories? Um, do I? No. I okay. In that case, we'll jump to our next song. This is Taylor uh, Abrahams, and this is I Won't Put Up With It. We'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to Cancria, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith. And I am Sebastian. And uh, there has been a lot going on in the world. What is the news story from around the world that you want to start us off with, uh, Sebastian? Well, the one that I've seen the most of uh, is China. And the, the story coming out of China is actually kind of complicated. Usually when people are focusing on it, they're, they're looking at one aspect you know, one part of the elephant, basically. It's one story, but, you know, there's a recent uh, news story where children are being limited in the number of hours of online gaming they can do in a week. Uh, There has been a media and social media purge where two actresses disappeared from Chinese history. These are modern actresses. They've had their names erased from the credits of every show and movie they've been in. Their names are erased from all the social media apps. and famously, there, there's the way that it's being translated is that uh, the state will not allow sissies, representation of sissy men. Um, but it's, it's actually it's something else called it a Xiao Shen Ro, because I looked up what the Chinese is. But this is all actually just a bigger story of how China is trying to uh, revert back to a more Maoist ideology. So they've actually been softening up on capitalism over the past 20 or 30 years. That's why you got like a lot of BMWs and, and you know, luxury condos and all sorts of like fancy stuff, champagne and caviar and Nike and all that in China. And they're trying to like lock down on that and try to revert to a more uh, Maoist sensibility. And one of the things in there is that they will no longer allow Xiao Shen Ro on, on media. Now, Xiao Shen Ro literally translates to little fresh meat. And little fresh meat are young, uh, pale-skinned, round-faced, boyish-looking men. They're not effeminate. They're not, you know, uh, uh, a lot of people, I've seen them referred to them as um, sort of like agendered or something, but they're not. They're just, they're... 25-year-old men who look like 19-year-old men. Like, think young Justin Timberlake, hmm. all right? That would be a Western Chiao Shinro. And they're all over the place, and they're banning them, um, but they're also not banning them, because this is what actually happened. It was actually, there was a, an author called uh, Li Guanmang who wrote an opinion piece for the, um, oh, what's it called? The People's Daily News, which is a state-sponsored 
uh, newspaper. Now, the thing is that the way that things run in China, nothing gets into uh, state-sponsored media unless it's accepted by the party as being an official line. So even though it was an opinion piece, it technically counts as being part of their official line. Um, his opinion is that effeminate boys, but they're not actually effeminate boys, they're just soft men, uh, should not be represented in the media because it undermines communist values of hard work and labor. Uh, it's also seen as like superficial and, and etc. Um, his opinion is that they should not be permitted to be displayed in the media. Uh, but it is kind of going back also to this notion that they're trying to shut down celebrity culture. So they're, they're trying to have people not worship uh, Chinese singers and actors as being anything other than just normal people with a normal job. Um, minus the human rights violations, I actually kind of agree with that. So if you can figure out a way to shut down celebrity culture without a human rights violation, you know, you've got my vote, but China is not going down I mean, that road. I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, in China, when we're talking about creeping and expanding celebrity culture, mm. we are not talking about Kim Kardashian. You know, there is not a Kardashian to be seen. We're talking K-pop stars, uh, Japanese uh, singers and actors. Well, I mean, China um, does have its own celebrities. Yes, it does. And a lot of those celebrities are uh, influenced by, at least according to the Associated Press, mm. uh, influenced by the sleek and sort of sleek and fashionable look of South Korea. And mm. South Korea for a long time was sort of a, a bubble on its own for that kind of look of celebrity. Mm -hmm. um, and that seems to have permeated a lot of the rest of Asia, Japan, and now China. Mm -hmm. And this is, I think, China trying to push back against uh, South Korean soft power and South Korean uh, celebrity influence through mm. things such as uh, K-pop bands. Because yep. the K-pop in China has gone through the roof. Yep, um, yep, yep. So much so that that billboards of BTS, one of the world's largest pop bands, yep. have been removed, at least in Pakistan, mm -hmm. for promoting homosexuality, even though none of them are homosexual. I but mean, that kind of yeah. that's very revealing of the person who made that decision of like those boys make men think gay things, and I think that's more revealing of the person. Who it made says that more thing. about you than it does about BTS. <laughs> like that, that is spot on. I want to just jump in with a comment you have said because I think what a lot of the news reports are coming off of mm. is the National Radio and TV Administration, following some uh, words from the central government, the the Xi government. Yeah. Um, issued a statement essentially saying that they must uh, resolutely put an end to sissy men and other abnormal aesthetics. Mm -hmm. um, and they use a series of other um, less flattering terms that are in Chinese, which we won't repeat here because I don't know how unflattering they are. Right, yes. But uh, they essentially translate to things like girly guns. Um, so it isn't just an opinion piece. This was actually a statement issued by the National television and radio administration so the from same China. thing you're talking about actually followed uh, this opinion piece because uh, it, it's one of those it, it's kind of like the, the writ of dogma like if it's somebody's opinion it becomes fact uh within this system so it's kind of both it, it's kind of both it, it's really weird and complicated how it works now as, as an extension of this they're also banning uh language learning apps like duolingo is blocked on the Chinese internet now because they don't want people to be able to access things uh, in Korean and English. 
uh, and Japanese as well. And it's not just that. Like uh, in the 90s, there was a Chinese celebrity called Kwok Sing, who also goes by the name Aaron Kwok. And if you've seen any kung fu movies over the past 20 years, you've definitely seen Aaron Kwok in it. Uh, he started off as sort of like a soft, um, a soft boy celebrity, uh, sort of a dancer who transitioned into singing, who transitioned into acting. Uh, so it, it's not like they don't have their own history of it. It's not completely influenced from Japan and Korea. Uh, and Kwok Fuk Sing actually came off of sort of the Cantonese equivalent of like a variety show, like Solid Gold, if anybody remembers the 80s. So they do have their own history of it. But you're, you're absolutely right that there is this outside influence that they're trying to avert. But there is concern of what this could mean for the international stage if they are going through this. So this is... This is just like the trunk of the elephant where the rest of the elephant is something bigger than what you and I normally talk about on the show. <laughs> but this is something that is concerning that there might be issues of um, stateside oppression and homophobia coming out of China over the and next it, years. And the thing about the Chinese government, because of the communist government, uh, they tend to exert control through every part of the economy. Yeah. So you won't get the Department of Oppression issuing the statements. You will get the national you know, radio administration yeah. saying it. Um, and likewise, they have exerted pressure also on Tencent, which is a Czech giant. I, I recognize Tencent from some of the mobile video games I use mm-hmm. um, developed by them. They have essentially banned the words gay, lesbian, and LGBTQ on their app called QQ. Q is, QQ is essentially Snapchat in China. Mm-hmm. So if you search up the word gay or the word lesbian or LGBTQ, you mm-hmm. get the message, use the internet in a civil manner. Say no to harmful information, which uh, is creepy. So, mm-hmm. yes, uh, it does. I just wanted to say this isn't just China banning sissy men or, or sort of uh, fighting against that sort of South Korean Japanese uh, uh, representations. Mm-hmm. But also we're seeing this sort of this pushback on the queer identity all over the space in China. <sighs> They are viewing it as generic immoralism. So like these two actresses that I mentioned earlier who were basically erased from the internet. One was erased for tax evasion and the other one was erased for having three children uh, as opposed to the limit of two. So it, it's it's across the board and this is part of a larger program. So it, it's not targeted, but that doesn't make it better. No, it just no. makes it part of a larger issue. I will. I'm going to raise your spirits with a... A better story, um, a nicer story, a happier story. And that mm-hmm. is that tens of thousands of protesters in Switzerland came out in favor of same-sex marriage. Right. So uh, Switzerland is a weird country in that it doesn't have same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they it's just been a, a, a an omission. I don't think it's ever been... It hasn't been banned, but it wasn't necessarily specifically included. They so do it's, ha- yeah, yeah, they've they've just not got around to it until now. Well, they do so, have yeah. civil partnerships, and when civil partnerships were introduced, there was a concession that civil partnerships would not be the same as a marriage. So, if you have a civil partnership, you do not have full access to all the benefits of being married. So one of the reasons why they want to legalize same-sex marriage in Switzerland is for things like, well, the usual thing, you know, adoption rights, inheritance rights, 
um, for lesbians to have legal access to IVF, mm-hmm. um, all and sorts of things. Swiss like visas and citizenships for same-sex spouses mm-hmm. from uh, overseas. Yeah, there is pushback, but it's largely that people want to reserve the word marriage for opposite-sex relationships, and they don't want same-sex relationships to be called married. So there might be another um, concession again where now civil unions are legally interchangeable with marriages, but there is pushback. I mean, this is also the country, I think they are number two for guns per capita, and they are a country where there's uh, an obligation for military service. It is a small C conservative country, for sure. So for this kind of stuff to come out of Switzerland, like part of your brain is like the Swiss, but then when you actually know more about the Swiss, you're like, yeah, 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 no, this is this is on brand for Switzerland. So the last story that I wanted to mention, you know, a couple of uh, last year in 2020, when the second season of Surviving R. Kelly came out. Um, I was like, okay, this seems like an interesting documentary. I'll give it a watch. And it is a harrowing documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what R. Kelly, the, um, you know, at, at this point, I think somewhat disgraced uh, R&B singer has been accused of is absolutely, it's stunning yeah. in so far as you would be truly shocked and horrified by the details. Now, Surviving R. Kelly is not light viewing. I would recommend that uh, people look into this documentary available on Netflix um, and, and, you know, look it over before diving into it. It is heavy material to to sit through. Um, But it turns out that things are worse than what that documentary revealed. Hmm. Uh, The New York Times and a few others have been following R. Kelly's court case, uh, which started up over the last week or so. And I think it was the second witness uh, in the uh, R. Kelly trial uh, was, in fact, a man. This is the first time we've been made aware of an alleged sex assault by R. Kelly on a man. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a 17-year-old man at the time who was still in high school. Um, He was, I think, working at somewhere like a Burger King, just at a fast food restaurant, doing what you do. Can you imagine a scenario where you're 17 and, you know, one of your idols walks through the door and, you know, you're trying to do rap music and then, like, the one of the biggest stars in the field enters the, you know, and orders a, whatever it is that you're selling at your store. Um, milkshake, because those are always shut down. This The milkshakes. Why is the milkshake never available? It's it's madness. Anyway. I actually know why, but it takes half an hour to explain. It's weird. Yeah. But- so the man told Jiras that he was 17 working at the fast food restaurant when he came to the drive-thru and gave him his phone number. Um, the man was made to do various things to which he con- did not consent. Um, mm-hmm. I won't go into the details here. Um, yeah, so he also allegedly um, groomed and started a relationship with a 16-year-old friend of the accuser. So mm-hmm. it is quite horrific what he's been accused of. This is the first time we've been made aware of um, allegations uh, by a man against Dark Alley. Um, yeah, I think what was the reason why I wanted to bring this up, because, you know, this is sort of gossipy, that is quite salacious, but 
for me, I think when you watch Surviving R. Kelly, you get a sense of what that cult of celebrity was able to do in terms of silencing people around them. And yes. we saw this with Weinstein. We saw this with uh, Kevin Spacey, mm-hmm. where just, you know, these people seem too rich and too powerful that oh. uh, the crimes go 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 silent. There's rumors that the uh, whole cast and writing crew of Saturday Night Live is about to go through something like this soon. Um, it's in the pre-court days. But yeah, no, it is. There is definitely a, an era of reckoning with regards to... Um, celebrity culture and again there's human rights offenses if we could do this without human rights offenses that would be the best way to do it absolutely well i think we have run out of time on today's show yes we have and we will be paying out with every time by tess anderson and uh i've been luke smith and i've been sebastian and thank you for listening gotta keep it to yourself be a little secret, don't tell nobody else It's right there in my mouth So close that I could taste it Could never really say it You say you want the real thing But I know what I'm feeling You tell me you just want the real thing Can't get you off my mind Every time
trying 